Hello, Mrs. F1. Hello, Mr. F1. How are you? I'm good. It's a good race today. It was a good race. It wasn't that exciting in the beginning, but the ending, man, talk about all the emotions. It's a cool track. I like it. Also, my family is here this weekend. For everybody who doesn't know, they're visiting us. And uh, if you watch my live reaction to the race videos on TikTok, I scream a lot. And my mom is actually also into Formula One. So we're watching the race today and we're both screaming at the same time. You are your mother's daughter. That's for <laughs> we sure. We're like the same person. Yep. At one point she was screaming and I was like, mom, stop. But you don't realize that you do the same thing. I know I do do the same thing. But yeah, thanks to my whole family for being here and watching the race. And even my grandma. That's right. Grandma was learning a little bit about F1 this weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm unreported. So let's jump into everything F2. Shall we? Sure. Yeah, we'll jump into the feeder series. So F2 and F3 were here this weekend. They were. Um, for the F2 race, uh, Drogovic won the feature race. Drogovic is in the lead and kind of pulling away now. I think he's 70 points ahead of Teo Porcher. He's about 100 points ahead of Logan. And it looks like he's he's a lock to win yeah, F2 gonna... this year. He's, he's a good driver. And there actually have been rumblings the past few weeks that, you know, somebody's going to sign him as a reserve driver in the F1 Paddock. And, and they should. He's a good driver. Mm -hmm. He's been in F2 for three years, so he has the experience. And I think that's helping him a lot. Whereas I think it's hurting Logan that he's, you know, doesn't quite have that experience yet. I think he, he's a little inconsistent. He had a, a rough weekend again this weekend, Logan. Um, Pretty crashed bad crash, on, yeah. So he, on going around turn one, he locked up, ended up in the gravel and came out at turn two in last place. And then before the end of lap one, he crashed into Ralph Balshong and actually had a pretty big shunt. Mm. Um, they had to pull his car out of the wall and then fix the wall. Yeah, kind of another race to forget for him this yeah, weekend. Yeah, hopefully, you know, and I've said this last week on our podcast, I think that he needs another year in F2 to just kind of gain that consistency and, and um, you know, figure out, almost like with Drogovic, right? Drogovic has been really good this year on just getting points week in and week out. And I think Logan has these really highs, really high highs and really low lows. So, you know, maybe Latifi stays in, in uh, that Williams spot for a year and they bring in Logan the following year with a little bit more F2 experience. Yeah, but he's still a little green around the ears, I guess you could he's say. He's young. He's mm -hmm. young. It's And, you know, obviously these are the second fastest cars in the world. So, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's hard to expect somebody who's only been in it for a few months to be, you know, to beating be, everyone else, right. especially people who have been doing it for two or three right. years and that's the case with Drogovic and, and Porsche. But that being said is even though like you mentioned he hasn't been very consistent seeing those results here and there he's been able to pull out yeah. is very encouraging. He's capable of of excellent results right and mm -hmm. he's shown it there was a, a three race span where he you know finished second first first in right. the future race right and he he has the ability it's just trying to put it together and, and to me that's the hardest part of being an athlete is being consistent. Yeah. So that's that's just something you learn more as you do it. So Yeah, and let's not forget he does have that test drive with Williams uh in Texas. That's so right. he'll in get a, a little weeks, taste right? of yeah, yeah, he'll get a little taste of what an F one car is and yep. obviously that's also coming from Williams' side showing that they have quite a bit of confidence in him exactly. to hopefully get there. So yep. yeah, we'll see. I'm sure he'll be setting faster times than Nick. And <laughs> go no T V? Really? Yeah. You think? <laughs> and, oh quickly I'll go over F three as well. Um, so one of my favorite drivers in F3 won the feature race. His name is Zane Maloney. Um, Barbadian, 
from the islands around here, and uh, he's uh, you know a lot of people really like Zane. He's got really good pace. He's he's a really fast driver, but um, still needs to work on you know kind of similar to Logan his consistency and maybe his his safety because um, mm-hmm. he he makes moves. Um, sometimes they're a little dangerous, but man, he's a quick driver. Um, and I believe he actually has moved himself into uh, fifth place in, in the standings now. And I'll tell you what, the standings in F3 are really tight. You know, uh, Jack Crawford, who is an American, who was, you know, a top that was in third place, I think, at one point, has dropped down to seventh. Mm. Arthur LeClaire is, you know, right in the mix there. Um, right now it's Victor Martens who's leading. Um, he's a really good driver. I'm sure he'll get an F2 seat. And then second place is Isaac Hadjar, who is a Red Bull junior driver. And I am really high on Isaac Hadjar. He's a rookie in F3, and he's five points off of leading the championship. Wow, that's looking exciting. So I'm I'm sure that he will get an F2 seat next year. He's that good. Yeah, let's hope, because Red Bull needs some, they some don't have talent anyone. coming up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of people in there. They're Liam junior. Lawson is in F2, but mm-hmm. he's not. But He's, nothing's looking like F1 promising. Like, exactly. And let's yep. be real. Like, I know Sergio Perez has signed an extended contract for two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. But they're going to look for their next talent who can sit next to Max Verstappen. Right. And that right. takes a lot. Well, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. But there's rumors g- going around that Mick is going to take the Alpha Tauri seat. And the only reason that's a possibility is because they don't have anyone, right? Like right. I said, Liam Lawson is probably their highest um, performing driver red bull yeah highest performing red bull driver and he's he's doing okay but he's definitely not competing for a championship so yeah. I, I i think they're they would be scared to put him in an f1 seat so they're considering looking outside for that alpha tower seat yeah and i think i mean from a business standpoint on red bull side it doesn't look great if you've you know if you've scouted all this big talent you've signed them to your you know junior academy and nothing is really coming of it. That is not good for the future of your team. Obviously, we know they are investing a lot in Max Verstappen, and it does seem he'll be there for <laughs> the eternity is what it seems right. like. Um, but, I mean, they do need to start stacking up some runner-ups that they can put in those AlphaTauri seats because, you know, who knows? Pierre Gasly, like, I don't know. to Alpine. Yeah, so. that's what it's and, Well, like. you know, so Jack Crawford, the American in F3, is a Red Bull junior driver. And there was a lot expected of him this year. There was a lot of mm-hmm. rumblings at the beginning of the year when he re-signed, like, uh-oh, here's the, here's the next F3 champion, and he hasn't performed. Right. It's a, it's a shame because, you know, obviously as American fans, we want to see an American driver, but he just he hasn't lived up to the expectation that, that people expected of him. So, you know, it looks like they're, they kind of went down the wrong street on, on that driver. And, and, you know, similar to Liam Lawson, he seems like an okay driver but not a great driver. So right. Red Bull typically has really good junior, a really good junior program. You know, I mean, they had Max, Carlos Sainz, Pierre, and, and Alex mm-hmm. Albon. You know, that they've, they've done really well in recruiting young drivers. But recently, like, you know, currently, there's not a, a ton of glaring, incredible talents coming through the ranks that they have. And let's be real. Red Bull isn't just looking for any like semi-good talent like they're looking for someone to go next to their what seems it's looking right now to be their second world champion and that to be in a seat next max verstappen to be under the leadership of christian horner and helmet marco it's a lot you need to be some sort of superhuman ish um qualities to be with that team so it's not like they can find anybody but like 
like scouting in any sport. You can scout somebody, they look promising, and then when you get them where they need, yeah, Yeah. and they don't develop, and it happens. But I agree with you. Hopefully, we'll be able to see some better recruiting going on with that Red Bull Junior Academy, but who knows? Hopefully, we can see Jack turn it around because, you know, as of right now, those Jack, Colton, Logan, those are kind of the big three Americans that seem to have the highest chance of making it into F1. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I'll root for all of them. I, I want to see an American in F1. So hopefully Jack can kind of turn this season around and, and make his way up the leaderboard. And, and same thing with Logan. Hopefully Logan can kind of build some consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing this quick feeder series recap, Matt. You got it. I appreciate it. finally have come to a conclusion of piastri gate 2022 that's right it is official the crb has in fact ruled that oscar piastri will be going and is legally allowed to go to mclaren for 2023 so that was officially announced this weekend and they they also said that he only had one legal contract yeah which is alarming for alpine they didn't it wasn't even like there was two contracts and they had to just decide which one was the, mm-hmm. you know, signed first or however they go through that process. He didn't have a valid contract with Alpine and they still announced him as their driver. Yeah. How, how crazy. stupid. Yeah. And like for Alpine, that's just on their, that's all their fault. Like if you've invested this much money in a driver, you've, you've fostered their career, you think they would have him locked down in some way, shape right. or form when it came to the time when they were ready to bring him up, but they didn't. And like, I don't know. I think this put Mar Safnauer's head on the chopping block a bit. I wouldn't no be shocked if we see something happen over the break. Um, they're not obviously not going to do anything now. This stuff is yeah. happening. My so guess quickly. is at the end of the season, Otmar is going to lose his job because he clearly put Fernando over Oscar. Right. Which you know, Fernando's a good driver. We've talked about this, but Oscar is twenty years younger. Right. Yeah. You you have to think about your future. They lost and, a generational talent. Right. They really and they did. They lost Fernando. Yep. They, so you know that they they should have recognized who's who's more important to lose mm-hmm. a 22 year old that has won f4 f3 f2 in successive years or a 41 year old who's a really really good driver but how much longer is he really going to be in this sport right. it to me that's a no-brainer they should have abandoned fernando and put all of their money into into you know oscar going to alpine mm-hmm. and also for Oscar, that would have been ideal because let's be real, the Alpine is faster than the McLaren right now. Right, yeah. So, you know, Oscar gets a better car on top of, mm-hmm. but no, they, they decide they were going to, um, you know, try and keep Fernando around and, and just have one of the best young drivers just waiting in the wings. And he didn't want to deal with it. And I don't end, blame him. Right. He's looking the, out for himself. He should. Absolutely. And in the end, they lost both of them anyways. Exactly. Yep. So they really it's, it's were on a masterclass in how not to handle <laughs> yeah. A driver situation. It was Good like job, Ferrari level. Yeah, Ferrari level screw ups right there. Exactly. <laughs> it really was. But I think this whole, I know a lot of the details of the CRB meeting and hearing came out to light. And I think everybody knew this whole Piastri, McLaren, Alpine situation just smelled of shadiness from the very beginning. And some of these details that came to light kind of really spelled that out. So What's really interesting is we found out that Oscar Piastri was in fact actually signed, like signed a physical contract with McLaren on July 4th, which is interesting. But what gets 
this is where things get really interesting, is apparently Daniel Ricardo was, com- this was not known to him that Piastri was signed. And nine days after Piastri signed on July 4th, Ricardo, everyone knows, he released a statement on his Instagram saying he's committed to McLaren. He's not going anywhere. He plans to be with the team till the end of 2023 to finish out his contract at least. And then at the end of July, McLaren come out with a statement also saying they are committed to Daniel Ricardo and that they, you know, the, the team is working together to progress their relationship and, and fix things. This is so, this makes me so mad. I don't know how you feel about it, but just the shadiness of it, like they knew they had somebody sign. They knew they were going to yeah. kick him out. It, McLaren has said they have been very transparent with Daniel over this whole process, but his team is also kind of saying, no, not true. We had no idea. And of course they didn't have any idea. Daniel wouldn't have put out a very public right. statement like that if he would have known. I don't know. It just feels dirty. We we talked about this last episode, how Zach dangles the, the F1 testing seat, you know, over all of the recruit drivers. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Zach, but I do think that he works... Behind, he, in the shadows. <laughs> uh, yeah, he works He works in ways that will help the team, but he doesn't really care how that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's cutthroat. I understand. I get it, right? But right. you're right. It, the optics are not great, right? No, it they, looks they shady. Have, they have Oscar signed, and then they're saying to the media that they are backing Danny, right? It, right. It, all the meanwhile, they're trying to find out how to get out of his contract. Yeah. It's... It's dishonest and it's it doesn't look good morally on them. But at the end of the day, they have Oscar Piastri, right? And Oscar Piastri is a clear upgrade over Daniel Ricciardo right now, right? And I was saying to you yesterday, someone put out an article showing like how many points Danny has lost the team and like justifying McLaren's. And I I, I do agree with McLaren. I'm not saying they're wrong in kind of booting Danny out of that seat. I have such mixed feelings because I feel bad for him. I I think he has the talent or had the talent, but for some reason, just with this car, this team, it's not working. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know why McLaren felt the need to make that statement at the end of July. At that point, just if it's a legal thing, just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Just stay silent. I mean, they stayed silent all stinking summer break, like while this whole thing was going on. Why like string your driver along at that point, which it's kind of seems that's what they were doing. I think so. But the shame of it is, is that I'm looking at the standings now. McLaren is down on Alpine by 24 points Mm -hmm. and Let's be real. Daniel Ricardo is one of the main reasons why they're down. He is Alpine. the reason. He and, is. And that's going to, if that stands and they lose out to Alpine for fourth place, they're going to lose millions of dollars. Right. So at the end of the day, it is shady. It's not great what they did to Daniel Ricardo, but he has cost them millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they did it. Yeah. Maybe they didn't handle it the best way possible, but I think most people can understand when. When the business is this cut, cutthroat and when one position can change your, your prize money by millions, you, you have to do what's best for the team. And that's yeah. what Zach's doing. Yeah, and I, I think so. I just wish they would have gone about it a different way. Like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, okay, if they would have told him, like, the week after they signed Oscar, he would have had more time to maybe find himself another seat. Conversations with other teams maybe could have happened faster. He, Because right now, it's not looking good for him for next year. Yeah. It really isn't. If if anything, there's rumors now going around he might be a Mercedes reserve driver, yep. which, let's be real, that's not where he wants to be. No. Um and you can't help but think, man, if he would have known sooner, could he started negotiations with other teams and maybe be in a seat for next year? Right. Again, it's nothing's confirmed, yep. but 
But, uh, you know, on top of speaking of other seats, there's been a lot of rumblings the past week. And there was actually a clip of Pierre Gasly. Um, somebody got the audio from, and he's talking about uh, how, how the contract is almost finalized. And Yes, I saw that. And people are saying it's it's probably an Alpine contract. What right? a hot take to catch. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised at all by that. Two French drivers on a French team, we've talked about that before. That's That's not surprising to me. But there was a lot of people that thought, Danny Rick was going to Alpine. All mm-hmm. right, well, that's out, right? Right. He can go to Haas because it sounds like Mick isn't going to resign at Haas. It's, it seems pretty clear now that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He could go to Alpha Towery. Danny Rick could go to Alpha Towery. I don't see that happening. No, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. Uh-uh. So that's why I think, and it's funny because I even said I was wearing my aluminum hat a couple of weeks ago <laughs> that Mick was going to go to Alpha Towery, but I think it's going to happen. You might be right. And and Danny Rick might be Haas's driver. Look at you predicting the future. Yeah. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when these rumors started going around that Pierre might go to um, Alpine. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I blanked out. Um, Alpine. I was kind of like, uh, okay, I, it all makes sense to me. But we knew he already signed a contract, so it's more like, okay, how can you wiggle yourself out of that contract mm-hmm. in order to get there? Is it possible? So it's sounding like it is, and. I mean, it's just going to be one giant French party over there, which, I mean, good for them, yeah. but, you know. And Pierre deserves a better car than the Alpha Tauri. I think he's pretty much proved mm-hmm. that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Mick does in the Alpha Tauri, because I, I think he's making that move with with the long game in mind. If he can if he can show that he's better than that car, you know, he's dragging that car into points, why can't he take over for Checo after Checo's done? Let's be real. Checo's older. Yeah, I love Checo, but I, I don't think he's got a long time mm-hmm. at Red Bull, especially, you know, he's he's doing better than than some of the other drivers have done at Red Bull in recent years, but still nowhere near Max. Right. right. You know, nobody is. But if if Mick can prove his worth, maybe Mick gets in the the current fastest car on the grid. Yeah, it's completely possible. And it makes sense to me that he's eyeing up that trajectory. Obviously, Red Bull, we all know, is is very fond of, you know, bringing talent up and then putting them in that seat and kind of like molding them into the driver they want slash need to be next to Max. Which is a second driver to Max. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, smart on him, and he's been doing really well toward the end of this season. And like I said, I think people are like, oh, okay, maybe this kid, he's not just a name. Maybe he does have some talent. So we'll see. Like we said, still a lot of seats open, a lot of rumors still flying around, but we won't know until it's all settled down, mm-hmm. which who knows when that could be. Oh, yeah, probably in the summer. Yeah, so, well, no, not oh, the sorry, summer. Sorry, the winter, I mean, sorry, the winter. <laughs> Get the season the right, the season. come on now. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the race today. Mm-hmm. Interesting race. It was exciting toward the end. I wouldn't say it was action-packed the whole 72 laps, but yeah. it got a little spicy. Let's start with qualifying because I think some cars surprised a lot of people this weekend, particularly the Mercedes, again, looking fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's funny because they, it seemed like the, the Ferrari was actually going to be the fastest around this track, and, and there was a lot of data showing that the Ferrari should have been, mm-hmm. right? Ironically, the Red Bull's been incredible, but at Max's home race, all of a sudden Ferrari's the be- the better car. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, Max puts in an incredible lap to to beat 
Charles by what two hundredths of a second? Yeah, it like was so meters. close. Yeah, exactly. You could see Charles but, so gutted. Yeah, it was a battle. But the Mercedes, you know, their their race pace during the tests, a lot of people were talking that they had a chance to win. And you know, at during lap twenty nine thirty, <laughs> I was thinking that Lewis was going to win this race. Yeah, I think so too. It was really interesting. The start. Obviously, we had Max Verstappen starting on pole in his home race. Then we had Charles Leclerc behind him, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez sandwiched in between both those Mercedes with George Russell falling behind him in sixth. So it was really interesting. I think it was stacked up, and I thought, okay, if two Ferraris behind each other, could we see another fighting with each other incident um, happening here? But Max got away just beautifully. Within a lap, he was already far ahead and mm-hmm. you could see in that clean air again he's just driving at his highest possible level and right. i think just the crazy dutch crowd like that's only going to fuel him yeah, even exactly more. it's it's scary because he he was supposed to have the worst car and i do believe that on pace the ferrari was faster today but he is that good of a driver that a phenomenal ferrari driver and charles couldn't couldn't keep up with him yeah, in a better car. Absolutely, and that's that's where we're at right now. And and uh, you know, I think I think that the, the constructor or sorry, the drivers' championship was over last week, but it's for sure over now. Yeah, and now he has it's a over. huge lead. Yeah, I think so. And it, there are no signs of Max, you stepping know, yes, yeah, stepping down. There's no signs of Red Bull having any sort of technical difficulties like they had in the beginning of the season. So. It's looking pretty promising. Beginning of race wasn't crazy chaotic, which is surprising. I, I thought it was going to be just because of how crazy that first turn is. But we did have a little bit. Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz were battling a bit, had a small little touch there. Magnussen, in that third lap, kind of just lost the rear end of his car and yeah. went right into that gravel trap and smacked the side of the wall a bit. I thought he got hit, but he just he just overshot the turn. Yeah, he did. And we we did see a lot of drivers kind of, you know, in some of those turns Losing, and, yeah, yeah, locking up or yeah. losing that back end a little bit. So that was kind of typical. We all know Zambort is full of like windy, swervy turns, bank turns. Bank yeah, turns. It, track. yeah, it's drivers describe it as a roller coaster ride because yeah. also you have the crazy elevation changes actually, and then these really amazing bank turns, which we don't see a ton in Formula right. One. And this is the first time we've seen DRS around a turn. Yes, because it's a banked corner. They they allow DRS and it it didn't seem dangerous so mm-hmm. it, we'll probably be seeing it more yeah that's it that was kind of exciting to yeah. see i don't know if many people knew about that but that, they were testing that out in fp1 to mm-hmm. see how the cars handled it and it went well so they implemented it into um the last turn yep. on the track um yep. the drivers would receive drs pretty much going into the apex turn, of that yep. turn um so that was something new and exciting to see um but the race wasn't too crazy i think Something that happened in the beginning that not a lot of us expected was at, there were quite a lot of pit stops in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly everyone was on softs or mediums to start. I think everybody was on soft or mediums. Really, the only thing that happened at the beginning of the race was that Fernando was making some good overtakes, but that's because he underperformed in qualifying. And, right. you know, he, the cars in front of him were, were not cars that, you know, should have been in front of him. So they were they were pretty easy overtakes. Right. But, yeah, the, the pit strategy was very interesting. Um you know, I, I thought I, I'd, they had mentioned one stops. Uh, you know, the, the F1 media kind of said it's possible to do one stop. but On the you know, C4 hard tires, exactly, right? Exactly, a C5 hard tire. Yeah. And, you know, nobody really seemed to be taking that seriously until I believe Fernando put on the hard tires first. Yeah. And he's setting lap, you know, he's setting fastest laps on hard tires. Mm-hmm. And 
everybody just was like, okay, so a one-stop is is actually possible here. Obviously, that wasn't the case with what happened later, but I think I think it set Mercedes up really well. It did. It played into their hands really well, and seeing those results, surprisingly, the hard tire, like you said, it was fast. Um, and we did see that people on the soft tires, the deg was happening very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on the mediums, too, drivers were complaining. After, Especially with high fuel load, there yes. was a lot of deg. Yeah, so, you know, we saw some early pit stops like Carlos Sainz, he pitted on lap 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw some other people pit pretty soon in those first, like, 15 to 10 laps, which is kind of shocking. But things didn't really get kind of crazy until lap 30 when we saw Lewis Hamilton take the lead when he went into the pits and got on those hard tires and this is where I started thinking oh my god like is this when gonna this happen yeah. and man were those Dutch stands quiet yeah. <laughs> it's a quiet I've most quiet I've seen that whole track all week yeah I think I think they Mercedes made a really good call by starting their drivers on mediums. Mm-hmm. They were able to hang on the track more than, you know, that everyone else, I think Ferrari and Red Bull both started on the softs. Um, and they could kind of see the data coming from Fernando and, and the other drivers who came on the hards. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, this is a no brainer, medium hard. We're, we're doing one stop and we're going to win this race. Yeah. And like you said, lap 30, I, I was convinced Lewis had a, a real chance to win that race i mean let's be real he he probably would have won the race if it wasn't for the weirdness of the virtual safety car and then the safety car and then the safety car but not safety car (laughs) it got a little that really mess did not play into mercedes hands and i mean sebastian when he came out completely blocked (laughs) yeah yeah that was i love sebastian but uh that was not a very you know usually those those uh experienced drivers don't make mistakes like that mm-hmm. seb's a lap down and there's two guys battling for podium positions and he gets in their way like yeah. come on man that you, you gotta know to just move to the side right yes and let him battle him and checo were in a battle right. on that straight the first straight and coming Lewis into turn just one overtaken checo yes and, and seb <laughs> just comes right out in front of him is like nope yep. no thank you and i was like seb what are you doing? Are you like, is this you being sneaky, like yeah. trying to help them out? He's helping his old team out. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I felt. But obviously, I don't I don't know. Like, you know, when you come back on track, you're you're just there's a lot of adrenaline pumping and you may not realize, yeah. oh, wait, like and I've the been side lapped. mirrors on those cars are basically non-existent. So right. it's they always talk about how hard it is for those drivers to see what's going on behind him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he should have been paying attention ahead and he would have seen the blinking blue flags, right? right. To tell him to get out of the way. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's yeah, there's, there's a million things an F1 driver has to do. So it's it's easy to overlook something. And then, you know, eventually, obviously, he did get out of the way. But right. it really hurt Lewis's race. And it hurt Seb's race in the end, too. He got a penalty for it for yep. ignoring blue flags. So yep. didn't really play into his hands and kind of just didn't really help anybody overall in that entire situation yeah, yep. it slowed Checo down too <laughs> yeah it wasn't great so that was interesting happening um lap 44 we saw Carlos Sainz then come into the pits again the race had kind of kind of settled down there was nothing crazy going on but then this is when the Alpha Tauri uh confusion began uh we saw on lap 44 Carlos Sainz go into the pits and then we see the camera come to Yuki Sonoda parked on the side of the track um, and his radio, he's saying, oh, the tires aren't on correctly. And 
everyone was like, oh, okay, interesting. We're probably going to get a safety flag now. His car needs to be taken off at the spot he's at. But then you see Yuki Sonoda start up the car again, go back onto the track, and his radio, they're saying, no, the tires are fine. They're on just fine. And then it even got weirder because he and pitted. He went right into the pits. Yeah, and then they changed his tires, but then they were messing around with what looked like the seatbelt right. in the cockpit. right. So what was going on there? My guess was that the tire wasn't on properly and they didn't want to say it over the radio because it's a, a hazard. Right. And he came in and, you know, they said, oh, there's a seatbelt issue. And maybe there was, but they also were like, let's change the tires because there's a chance that that tire is not on properly. And right. those drivers are so dialed into those cars. If they say something that, you know, isn't right about it, they know what they're talking about. Right? Yeah. Like they, it's very rare that a driver will say, hey, there's something wrong with my car, and there isn't. Right. So I, I believe Yuki, and I think that the tire probably wasn't on properly, and that's why they... But why were they messing with his seatbelt? Because he know. was sitting there in the pit for over 20 seconds. Yeah, and then he came out for, what, a quarter of a lap and said there was something wrong with the rear, and that's why right. he pulled and over, and the, and the virtual safety... Right, that was virtual. Safety yeah, it was a virtual. So this is what's confusing is we had a yellow flag when he first pulled over. Then he came into the pits and they supposedly fix whatever the heck was actually wrong. But clearly not. <laughs> right, and then he goes out. I don't even think he got one lap in and pulls over anyways. And then we get a real virtual safety car. Right. This also didn't play very well into Ferrari's hands because after Yuki Tsunoda came out of the pits, you know, the teams are now thinking, okay, what do we do? That that yellow flag isn't happening now. So they pit Charles Leclerc, yep. and then right after Charles comes back out, then there's actual virtual safety car, and right. it's like, oh my he, god! He lost a, a free, not a free pit stop, but he lost a, a cheap pit stop right. by pitting. And I don't blame Ferrari for making that no, decision. That's just there's no luck way of they the could draw. have predicted that something could have happened like that. Mm-hmm. But it is a shame. And I know you had your aluminum hat on, saying that <laughs> Christian Horner ordered, you know, yeah. execute order sixty six, yeah, yeah. shoot Yuki's car down, so that they. <laughs> they can get a free pit stop and Ferrari gets hurt. Right, because at this point, it really did look like we said, like Lewis Hamilton was going to win. So yeah, I was saying when we were watching, I was like, Christian Horner 100% called Alva Tauri and was like, do something, yeah. get us a safety Ruin car. Our, your driver's races so right. that we can win. I don't care what it takes. And it makes sense. It also is just weirder too that his pit stop was so strange. It was like, we thought it was tire related, but then they're fixing his belt. So right. was it really tire related? Like what's happening exactly. here? Exactly. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But it didn't play well. But we saw this allowed a lot of people to come in and get a good pit stop yep. again it was just a virtual safety car so not as much time saving as it would if it was a full safety car mm-hmm. but still like a good thing to do um and we saw a couple of people pit and take advantage of that we saw a double stack from mercedes we did we did see a double stack so yeah we saw like you said the mercedes boys got a nice pit stop there it even helped them even more because at that point they were both on hard tires and they were able to come in for that pit stop and they both put the mediums on yeah george's stop wasn't great but for a double stack it was a pretty good stop and they they looked like they were in good shape and you know maybe they weren't weren't going to win the race but they were in really good position for a double podium right and then red bull also took advantage of this of pitted course. max and put him on the hards yep. actually yep. um so at this point, it was like, okay, this could be anyone's game now. Um, it, it was interesting. But then on lap 52, well, before lap 52, things started going again. It's still looking favorable into Mercedes' hands. Obviously, they're on these medium tires, which are going to be faster than the hards. And then lap 52, 
Botas pulls off to the side of the road on the straight toward the end, and this brings out a full safety car. This is where things started. I was like, what is going to happen? The exact moment where Lewis's race got ruined. Right. Yeah, this didn't play well into Mercedes' hands, unfortunately. It played well into George Russell's hands. It did because they made the right decision for George, but it's a shame because they clearly didn't make the right decision for Lewis. Right. And the way the pit stops kind of happened, it it things switched up. So first, Max pitted first, mm-hmm. um, and he pitted for the softs. But once he did this, Lewis that put Lewis Hamilton in first position. It, but then Hamilton pitted just a lap after that, which... Which puts him, they put him on the soft tires. No, they, no, put, they him put him on, on the medium tires. The, that was the mistake. Yes. That, that cost him the race. Right. So they put Lewis on the medium tires, which brought him out into second place. Um, which it, it just started getting interesting. And then Russell, Sainz also pitted at, pitted at the same time. Same, So did Alonso and so did Russell. But Russell was put on the soft tire. Yep. Why do you think Mercedes made this decision? It, I, I found it interesting as well. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know why. And normally, they're not one to make that kind of mistake. Right. But clearly, they made the right decision for George, and George flew by Lewis and, you know, finished second, obviously. But it, it is a shame because Lewis went from having a chance to win the race to not on the podium. Right. And it, it felt Ferrari-esque. It right? did. It's a, it felt a little self-sabotaging, but I was questioning, like, did Lewis even have a set of softs? I, I guess he did because he was... Even if he had a used set of softs, they're on low fuel load at the end of the race. I, I don't see why they couldn't put him on a slightly used set of softs to right. to finish the race. And, and, you know, he would have at least had a chance off the restart on Max. And it, obviously we saw how it went. He had zero chance after the restart. Right. And Hamilton pitted on lap 58. So you still got a decent amount of laps to go yet you know, to get to the end of the race. So to your point, if you only have used softs, that could start getting a little dangerous toward the end. Well, again, if there's low fuel load, they, they can make those tires work. And obviously that's what happened with all the drivers who put on softs. They, right. The, you know, the, you're putting less stress on the tire when the car weighs less. Mm-hmm. So they, all of the teams decided, okay, they're, we're in a position now where we can make softs go to the end. Right. But for some reason, I don't know if Mercedes wanted to keep both options open. Mm-hmm. They... They chose the wrong side for Lewis. It, it very well could have went the other way, right? Like maybe they decide right. to put George on the mediums and Lewis on the soft, and that changes. I mean, I don't think Lewis would have won. He probably would have finished second just like George did. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's just a shame because, you know, Lewis has had a tough year. It would have been nice to see him win a race. And, right. Uh, that was the second that and, – and, you know, he was going – he was so close to winning, and then, you know, he gets passed by George. He gets passed by Charles, and you're like, oh, this is – this feels like Charles a few weeks ago. Remember when yeah. it looked like he could have won a race and then he ended up not even getting a podium. It was very similar right. to that. And these two yellow flags, these two safety cars, virtual and real safety car, all happened within quite quickly of each other. I yeah. mean, that virtual safety car happened on lap 47. And then that the real safety car with Botas, that happened lap 52. So... The quickness that you need to think, and you could tell too, teams were hesitating when the second yes. safety car came out. It was like, do we do it? Do we pit? Do we not? And this, this is the difference between Ferrari and Mercedes. I think it's much more understandable to have a team make a mistake when a variable comes in like a safety car, mm-hmm. virtual or regular, doesn't matter. Yeah, it, It's much more understandable for a team to, you know, really quick decision, take a gamble, and if it doesn't work out, 
that's understandable. Ferrari just makes bad decisions when there's no variable. Right. Like, like <laughs> right? Mercedes, it's like, oh, you know, they, they made a bad decision, but it was tough. There was a virtual, regular, you know, that mm-hmm. they were within a few laps of each other. It's like Ferrari's just like, nope, we'll just shoot ourselves in the foot in the middle of the race for no reason, you know? Yeah. So that's the difference between those two teams. Speaking of Ferrari, during, I mean, let's be real, the pits in this race at this point were chaotic. Everyone was coming in, diving in. People are running around. There's pit crews everywhere. Carlos Sainz had an unsafe release, and Alonso kind of came right into the back of him, unfortunately, and that gave Carlos Sainz a five-second penalty. Yep. Um, I mean, it happens. It shouldn't happen. It really it's sucks. It's not Carlos's fault either. No, right? it's not. But, like, when there's so much craziness like that, it's – it's and at that point, too, Alonso wasn't in the pit lane to pit. Um, actually, the safety car was taking the remaining cars through the pit lane right. because Botas was being was taken off the track. Finish straight. They had to get him out. At, they had to get the cars out of the yeah, way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was just like a cluster of things happening, well, but that didn't help Carlos Sainz's We race. also didn't mention that Ferrari, during their terrible Sainz pit stop, left a, one of the uh, torque uh, guns yes. into the in the middle of the pit lane, mm-hmm. and Checo ran it over. Yeah. I mean, like, what are they doing? He's really lucky his back tire didn't get punctured. It didn't puncture. Yeah. Is, the, is the team going to get fined for that? Because that has to be incredibly unsafe to leave those torque guns that far into the, especially that narrow of a pit lane. Yeah, and I know a lot of the drivers were talking about just, like, that pit lane and it's pit in narrow. general. It's very narrow. It's yeah. very tight. Um so you have to be careful. Yep. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what'll happen. If anything, I think the team will, like you said, get a fine. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the rules are around that type of stuff. Yeah, it seemed really irresponsible. Because, I mean, what if what if it sends Checo's car, you know, it, it kind of... Or it flies up. up. And, or, well, not just that, but it could have just changed the trajectory of it. And then all of a sudden he's heading back into the... The pits, right. you know, you could have hit somebody. Yeah, or the it's, gun flies up and hits right. somebody. Those right. guns are really heavy. Exactly. I mean, I know the gun that was out, like, farther like that, that's the reserve tire right. wheel gun right. in case the first one doesn't work. Yeah. And that's where it should be, but right behind you. But, yeah, not, granted. Not in the middle of the pit lane, which right. is where it was. And these guys practice these pit stops a million times over a weekend, so there's really no reason for the placement yeah. of that. And yet Ferrari still finds a way to screw up their pit stops. Yeah. They didn't have the right tire for the back left, yep. and we were sitting there waiting for the tire to appear. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it just, there were a lot of pit stop mess ups this weekend, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. We yeah, had, poor Mick Schumacher's race got ruined by a terrible pit stop yeah, with Haas as well. It's a shame. The bad end of the stick on the pit stops this yep. weekend, because he actually had a decent race. Uh, he qualified. He had great qualifying. Yeah. Q3, he started the race P8. But that, that early pit stop ruined his entire race. His best qualifying this entire year, I, I believe. I believe so, yeah. Um, but yeah, just... No, no, he had sixth at, uh, at the Red Bull ring. Oh, did he? Fifth and sixth. Uh, Magnussen and... and oh, uh, yes. Had a really good qualifying, yeah. No, you're right. But this he, was their second, you know, for yeah, Haas. This yeah, is exactly. fantastic. This, this is great qualifying. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, they just weren't able to keep it all together in the race and they maybe could have been in points maybe who knows but yeah okay so after that yellow flag the real one sorry the safety car happens this is the lineup i wrote it down because it was changing every lap with everybody coming in and out the pit so we had hamilton leading the race with the mediums verstappen in second on sauce george russell in third with softs charles leclerc in fourth on softs perez in fifth on mediums and carlos Sainz. On, in sixth on softs. So that was the lineup after all the crazy chaos of the pit stops happening. The race resumes. 
starts Hamilton backs it up like he usually does you know he's a pro at this restart situation but he just man Max Verstappen flew past him soft tires in a millisecond they weren't even halfway down the straight when he passed him yeah Lewis was a sitting duck yeah new soft tires for Max it was inevitable and I think he he didn't get him on the first one he would have got him right and Lewis knew he was he said on the radio it's gonna be tough to keep him behind well he said some worse stuff than that after (sighs) uh yeah, yep. let's let's get into that. So the race resumed on lap, lap 61. We saw Max just fly by Lewis Hamilton. He got that nice toe behind him and just poof, slingshot. And he ran away with it at that point. It was Max's race to to win. Um, and then just Lewis starts falling down, tumbling down the order there. We saw battle George Russell, lap 64. He passes Hamilton on the straight. Really no competition there. Obviously, Russell's on the sauce. And this is where you hear Lewis just go off on the radio. I don't think I've ever heard him curse that much on the radio, period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has every right to be upset. But again, these decisions were made very quickly during a safety car. I don't, you know. And and at the end of the race, he he seemed to have cooled down a bit and said over the radio, you know, thanks for the pit crew Mm because they did really fast pit stops. And, you know, he has every right to be pissed. But at the end of the day, like I said, these are quick decisions made under a safety car. I think that's it is tough to to judge something. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, there's so, a margin of error there when things are happening yeah. that quickly. And like I said, it's, at least it's not Ferrari just making stupid decisions out of right. you know with with no stress on them. It's it's a shame, but you know, at the end of the day, even if things went their way, I still believe Max ends up winning. It might have been much closer, mm. and Lewis obviously ends up on the podium if they make the right decision. But right. but. You know, at the end of the day, let's be real. Max is is head and neck above everybody right now. Yeah, it played well into Charles Leclerc's hands because after Russell overtook Hamilton, um, obviously Leclerc was also on the softs. I did not think we were going to see him on the podium. I don't think Ferrari thought they were going to see him on the podium. They even told him P four was their best finish. <laughs> right, Plan C, whatever Plan C yeah. was, um, had him not finishing on the podium, had him finishing in fourth. Yeah. So it played well, and he needed some of those they, points. They benefited from a bad strategy decision from another team. Ironically, from ironically, Mercedes. Yeah, well, <laughs> ironically for Ferrari, because normally it's the other way around. But yeah, you're right. The only reason Charles stood on the podium today was because of that bad decision by Mercedes. Right, and it played beautifully. I was happy to see as a Charles fan. I think he needed the podium. It's been a while since we've even seen him up there, yeah. um, frankly. So, I mean, and good points. Obviously, Charles needs every point he can get at yeah, this moment. He's tied for second right now, although he has the tiebreaker because he has more wins, but mm-hmm. he's still a million miles away from Max. Yeah. I and mean, there's no chance. He knows it. He even said it after the race, that, you, know, you know, take it one race at a time and, you know, realistically, Max is going to win this championship by a lot of points. Right. And then it was just a matter of time to the final. We only had a couple of laps to go. So the final standings, Max took home his Dutch Grand Prix for the second year in a row, obviously with this track returning only in 2021. Um, it was great for the fans. They were all loving it. I mean, it is the Dutch crowd. It's their yeah. probably biggest sporting event in the Netherlands, oh, probably. All the orange flares were back out at the end of the oh race. Oh, my God. Everywhere, the orange flares. Um, so, Max finished in first. George Russell, great results again from him. Just Mr. Consistency, bringing it home. Um, in second, Charles Leclerc in third. Hamilton in fourth. Uh, 
Oh, Perez. We did not talk much about Perez. He obviously finished in fifth. It wasn't a crazy impressive weekend from him this weekend. No. No, he didn't qualify well, and that probably screwed him from the start. Right. He had that spin in Q3 and qualifying. And started P6, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's not ideal in a car that Max proved is, you know, up there with Ferrari. Right. I mean, he did it end up gaining one place, I guess, from his from his starting position. But yeah, you know, I, I think when when there are tracks that favor other cars, Checo can't make moves and Max can. Yeah. And that's the difference between a good driver in Checo and a a generational driver in Max. Yeah, that's a great point. Another team that actually had another great race, double points again for Alpine. Alonso finishing in sixth, Ocon finishing in ninth. Just those Alpines are fast. Yeah, they're by far the fourth fastest car. And, you know, I know we said earlier, the McL- like Lando finished, what, seventh or eighth or something seventh, like seventh. yeah. And had Daniel Ricciardo brought that car, you know, where it belongs to be, they, they could have at least competed with Alpine in points. But now, no, you know, Fernando and, and Esteban have been consistent enough to where they're probably going to run away with fourth place. Yeah, right now in the constructor standings, Alpine's in fourth with 125 points, McLaren um, in fifth with 101. But let's quickly touch on this whole McLaren thing. Danny Rick, you would think right now, all right, the pressure is kind of off at this point. Man, just looked even worse, actually, Mm -hmm. this weekend than he has. He finished in 17th, and we had two DNFs. Yeah, so, so second to last behind in front of Latifi. Nicholas Latifi. Yeah, yeah it's not a good look. And, you know, you wonder if he's lost interest because of the way the team's treated him or because, you know, maybe he's focused on getting his next contract. Who knows? But but if, that, if that's the case, if even if you're not signed for the following year, yeah, every time you go out on that exactly. track is a, a tryout. And he's not proving that he deserves to be there. It's not. So he, he might be shooting himself in the foot and we might see... Danny Rick in IndyCar next year because of the way he's performing recently. Or burst behind the Mercedes garage. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's, it is a shame because, you know, even in qualifying, I think he ended up qualifying P17, so mm-hmm. he didn't go anywhere. Lando qualified P7. You know, like the fact that one driver can start and finish 10 places above the other driver, Yeah, there's something wrong there. It's not great. Yeah, It's not a great look. Makes me sad, again, especially with the official news coming out with Oscar, but... I don't know. I don't know what's up with him. I don't think anybody knows what's up with him. Yeah, I, I think that he's just lost his touch. And it's a shame, and it's the inevitability of sports, is that you can't perform at your best forever. Yeah, unless and, you're Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, even Michael Jordan at the end looked pretty rough. Yeah. You know? So, and sometimes there's people like Fernando who can keep going until they're in their 40s, and there's other people who, you know, they've hit their peak earlier, and they're, they're not able to keep it up, and... It seems like that might be the case for Danny Rick. And if that is the case, and I, 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 curious, I am curious to see who Haas is going to go with. Because mm-hmm. it seems like Danny Rick is probably their best option. But there's talks that Nico Hulkenberg could take that seat. Nico but, Hulkenberg. But the irony in that is that <laughs> Magnussen and Hulkenberg hate each other. Everyone knows yeah. the famous suck my balls quote, right? <laughs> like that was... They don't like each other. I do not see them picking Hulkenberg. Yeah. So who who are they going to go with? Do they go with Drogovic in F2? Or do they pick, you know, one of the reserve drivers, Giovinazzi? Do is, they bring you in know? other young talent? Yeah. But, I, they, mean, I mean, they don't have a junior program. They they could maybe pick someone from yeah. a Ferrari, you know, from the Ferrari Ni- team. But 
What but about Nick DeVries? It could be, yeah. DeVries or Stoffel Van Dorn, somebody in Formula E. Yeah. It's possible. Robert Schwartzman, maybe. But yeah, it's it's tough. And, you know, at this point, I think they should be looking at other options than Daniel Ricciardo because he has not looked good. Yeah, I would. If I was Gunter Steiner, I would yeah. be like, I don't know. You're not looking too entertaining at this moment. No. Um, but a real bummer there for Danny Rick. But good result with Lando. He started in seventh, finished in seventh. And then Lancey Stroll bringing home points in 10th place. Yep. I mean. Yeah, he's he's looked much better than Seb in qualifying. I said that to you earlier today. And it's kind of shocking to me that Seb has pretty good race pace. But for some reason, he cannot qualify in that car. Yeah. And Lance, it, you know, I think a lot of people give Lance crap. But he he's not that bad of a driver. No. You know, I, think he's, I think he's significantly <clears throat> better than Latifi. And he's, you know, he's he's been scoring points. I think Seb has more points than him overall this year. But still, Lance, like you said, he scored points in a car that probably shouldn't have scored points today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. It, it's a little weird because Seb did have the penalty. That didn't help. Yeah, um, but it was his mistake. Yeah, it was his mistake. So, but yeah, I mean, a decent Aston Martin has been looking slightly better since we've come back from the summer break. And they've installed that new wing. Yeah, the new wing might be what's helping them out. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Lance Stroll in 10th place. So just to recap driver standings, we've got Max Verstappen just running away with things in first with 310 points after today. Uh, Charles Leclerc still holding second with 201. And he is tied for second, technically, with Sergio Perez in third. With also 201 points. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, but Charles has the tiebreaker because he has more wins. He does, but, I mean, he's still got to... Looking at where he was at the beginning of the season, now he's fighting for second, and he could possibly lose it at this point. Um, And then we've got George Russell in fourth with 188, and Carlos Sainz in fifth with 175, and then Lewis Hamilton in sixth with 158. Actually, Lando Norris is in seventh. Mm-hmm. With, he's the um, only driver outside of the big three teams to score a podium. Yeah, he's really low, below Lewis Hamilton. He's only got 82 points. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where our driver's standing stand currently after the Dutch Grand Prix. Red Bull obviously is still with the con- running away, the Constructors' Championships, 511 points. Ferrari in second, Mercedes in third, and Alpine in fourth. So it's just, I don't know, we've only got a handful of races left, which I can't believe. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. This race was good. I have to say, if there is one race that I might want to go to, it might be that race. It was a party the whole entire weekend. Yeah, I don't know if I could handle it, though. All the orange smoke, that that would kill me. <laughs> you just need to make sure you sit at the bottom of the stands, not yeah, at the exactly. top. But it looked like just a good old time. And that track is just, it's so cool. It's an epic track. Yeah, some of the camera angles we were seeing on the cars, especially on the front wing, seeing them on that banked corner and just how the, it looked so awesome. It was very neat, yep. Yeah, it was cool. But overall, good race. It was exciting at the end. I was a little worried kind of in the beginning, like, is this going to be boring? And then I was like, maybe we should get some rain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It looked like it was going to rain. It looked foggy the whole race. And that wasn't due to the orange smoke, ironically. Um... Yeah, good race, and it was exciting watching it with my family. Yeah, it was nice yeah. having them On here. On to Monza next week. On to Italy, That's which, right. God willing, Ferrari will perform well in front of their home crowd. Yeah, I'm doubtful. Please, Lord, please just give us somebody on the podium. It least. <laughs> Thank you.
have not done any memes. No meme podium. It's okay. I have. It would just be making fun of Ferrari anyway. Let's be real. <laughs> you so. said that last week too. Yep. You really need to find a new hobby that's not making fun of Ferrari. I, I just think it's hilarious <laughs> when Ferrari stabs themselves in the foot. Well, I do have an admin of the week this week. And it's not necessarily, honestly, the admins were a little, little, uh, just chill. Soft this week. Yeah. There was nothing, anything crazy going on on Turn any it of up, the social admins. Come accounts. On. Yeah. But I have to give credit where credit is due. Admin of the week goes to Haas. It goes mm-hmm. to Haas for two reasons, actually. One, they were giving us lots of beautiful Mick content this weekend, which <laughs> I always love. I love Mick Schumacher so much. Two, they came out with Gunter Steiner merchandise. That's right. It has shirt, a shirt that says, you don't fuck smash my door. Which, That's amazing. Oh, the people have been asking for this for years. I'll bet you that shirt sold out in like milliseconds. Oh, 100%. I bet you all, it's all sold out. Oh, no doubt. But they finally listened to the people. They gave us what Good. we wanted. And the official Gunter Steiner merch is has been released. So thank you to Haas and the admin like, I don't know if the admin Whoever, had anything yeah. to do with it, but the, the admin told us about it. Made that shirt. <laughs> yeah. God bless you because the yep. world needed this merchandise. Yes. And now we have it. Let's just have Gunter driving in the Haas seat. Even if he's terrible, I just <laughs> I want to see it out of pure entertainment. That would Today we just are hire himself. Our, Imagine that. Our our principal is taking the seat for <laughs> Oh, I would love it. Can you imagine what his radio would be like? Oh my gosh. Oh, it would be it would be gold pure chaos it would be gold so much gunter steiner memes would come from that yes um, we already have a ton but we need more yes we always need more gunter there's yes. never enough exactly yeah so thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of mr and mrs f1 as always you can follow us on all of our social media channels at mr and a and d mrs f1 the abbreviations of course we have some youtube videos up too if you want to check those out and make sure to, you know, follow us, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Pretty, pretty please. We really appreciate it. And until next week in Italy, we will see you then. That's right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.